John Ree with Dick Hirsch. Good morning from Barcelona. <laughs> in our elaborate planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> podcast life, here we are in one of our most exotic taping locations, I would say. Yep. We're going to put out a picture of this, but we're we're on deck at a ridiculously fancy slash phallic hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little cold, uh, and yeah, the wind chilling? is blowing, so hopefully people aren't too bothered by that. So this is... Basically, day three of Barcelona Tech Ed, right. um, but the media program that you and I are part of wrapped. Right. So, and you're about to head the plane, so we got to yep. get the got to get your podcast. Yep. So, um, one thing I wanted to just briefly get into before we get into your reflections is your day job has impacted your thinking a lot about right. cloud. Do you want to just right. say a little bit about that? Right. Well, I mean, my day job I'm involved for Atos Service now. Um, offering and I do integration. So I'm much more aware in terms of what cloud really means and also in terms of that it's not just the technology. There's, there's also process. There's also um, operational expertise, which is necessary. And so that sort of affected what questions I ask SAP right. executives. Because as, as SAP moves towards that that vision of cloud, right. um, you're, you're now able to kind of pester them a little bit, which has made for some right. fairly entertaining meetings, I would say. Yeah, but I mean, this is where you can really start digging into the meat and saying, okay, how do you do this? How do you deal with customization, with standardization of, of APIs? Yeah. Um, which is interesting because you, you start to see that their cloud awareness is, is, is getting better. It is. It absolutely is. Um, and so they're, they're not just um, talking the talk. They're also starting to walk the walk. Right. And the other thing that our listeners might want to note is that your day job keeps you pretty busy. So if they've been missing your yeah, sorry your, about that your legendary SAP blog. Sorry, it's a little bit of a problem. Right. Um, I mean, eventually you'll I will be back. You'll be back. I'll definitely be back when I have more time. Um, your old ones still get a ton of hits on our site. So, yeah, cool, cool. So that's good. We just need to spark you back up. But anyway, if you're wondering what Dick's doing, he's super busy with cloud and not blogging right. quite as much. But right. But I'll definitely yeah. come back. Yeah. So anyhow, so. Uh, what are your sort of first reactions? But we had a whole, real diversity of right. of meetings here. What are your first reactions? I mean, the one thing that I found interesting, and I started reflecting on this last night, I was as I was walking back from the one party, and it's that SAP is always pushing the messaging digital transformation, and I think at at this event when we start talking to customers, we start seeing they are starting to make that journey. Um, and we had two interesting discussions. One was with um, the ESA, which is the European Space Agency, where they had a um, a service that they are just brought up. We saw a demo during the keynote of having their geospatial data, and it's a microservice on Yaz. What's it called now? It's called Hyper as a as a service. I think it is the, the the new branded name, and that's really an example of a company taking their data and pushing it out having it as a service which by the way is a free service if any right. anyone wants to crunch some spatial and earth data right but so. it's a, but it was interesting because that was a one free until it's out of beta right but, but i mean the idea was that a company is starting to transform itself and because right. previously they just had the data and it was available to data scientists and other people who were interested now they're trying to get the business value out of it with sap and so that was i think a really good story right and I don't know whether you want to describe the other one which we saw. Ah, we got some wild birds. If you enjoy the that <laughs> in the background, um, so yeah. Well, I thought what was interesting we we had a discussion around the SAP 
uh, Apple partnership with right. a, with an SAP representative and a customer um, early adopter. Right. Early they pre adopter is the official lingo, as I was told. But to, just to reframe this a little bit, if we go trace back to Sapphire, that was when SAP first announced their 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 developer apps partnership with Apple. Right. And at the time, let's be honest, there wasn't much meat on the bone for developers. Right. Um, right. I think, you know, it was to NSAP's defense a little bit, it was a business conference, so I don't think right. they felt like they had to roll in. But there really wasn't a lot there. Right. Um, so their job for tech ed season was to show su- substantial progress right. on that. But one of the, the key things there is that SAP has essentially conceded that that a UI5 slash HTML5 strategy is not going to be sufficient for how right. all, all business cases. How a lot of business users are using devices where right. our devices are getting more and more sophisticated and a lot of them have native capabilities right. that you really can't cover with a browser, right? So you right. might want to invoke your scanner or some type of right. uh, voice recognition soft, whatever it is. Right. So SAP sort of has made this sort of realization. Now, interestingly enough, you can still develop with Fiorian in, in their vision of it. Right. But, but anyway, so... At at this tech, we got a little bit of a gut check, and and just f- for those who are interested, <coughs> the SDK is now being used by a handful right. of a pre-adoption <laughs> right. uh, customers, um, and that and that was one of whom that we talked with, and then uh, they're targeting March uh, for a GA of the right. SDK, um, and they said they were maybe going to announce it at the Mobile World Congress, but they were clear that they're not going <laughs> to. We can't hold them to that, but it's right. coming pretty soon. Anyway, so what I thought was super interesting about the story of this customer, uh, and they are called uh, Maple. Right? Yep, Maple. We had two guys from Maple. Yeah. Um, was how the story you could either say it unraveled or expanded, right? Right. Because because the story was was a pretty cool, um, but sort of classic story of of mobile enablement where right uh, they they they're a parts manufacturer, and when you have a part that screws up. Right. Um, saves a huge amount of time if you can immediately scan the part, right. tie it into your backend systems. It's tied to HANA. Right. Um, but as we discussed with them, right. this is where, to your point about digital, right. this is how the whole thing opened up. So maybe you can take it. Yeah. From there. So, I mean, so what was interesting here was that the company just didn't want to do an app. Okay. That would be the traditional sort of thing. But what was interesting was that they are looking at having a platform. Okay. And a platform where they have their expertise and they give it or they have the they provide um, other companies the ability to use this as a service okay and it runs on hcp okay so it's once again it's an example of a customer taking it and not saying okay we want to have an app for our customers but having the ability to say okay we want to transform our business okay and have it the sort of as a service everything as, as a service and they built a platform on top of HCP, and it was interesting because they said that right. the type of platform they're building could be of interest to some of their competitors even, right. um, which I think right. is just interesting of how these dynamics shift. And, right. and and that SAP ends up playing an important role there because if you go to a competitor, they're not going to want you to store right. their data so they can say to their competitor, SAP, right. SAP holds all this data, blah, blah, blah. We don't touch it. Right. Um, but just really interesting how this use case sort of evolved it during our discussion. And, right. and one of the, the key points then becomes that, so on, on a results basis, simply being able to scan the, the part and have it tie into their, their backend SAP system and such right. saves a lot of time. Right. Um, but, but the more interesting part, to your point, is it's the data that they're pulling from these devices. 
right. that gives them something to work with from an IoT perspective that they can right. then think about anonymizing, packaging, whatever it is they're going to do with it. Uh, so I just thought that was interesting to your point around how businesses are learning to think differently. And right. if, if SAP does their job right here, they they partner with certain businesses to help them on that transition. Right. You know, so right. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. But it was a funny discussion because you you were kind of going at it in terms of like, wait, this isn't really a an, an Apple. Apple story. Right. I mean it was, but yeah. it was a lot more than that. Right. Yeah. Which was I mean it it was just interesting seeing how things developed. And as you started digging in, it became a a platform play. Right. Um and I mean what's of course is important is that the the, the Apple or the iOS app, of course, helps them transform the process as well. Um, but it wasn't just the app. It was the platform in the background. So you have HCP um, sort of jumping into its role, which is always sort of what was expected as sort of the, the, the one platform, not only for SAP, but for other people as well. And you're seeing various customers start developing their platforms on HCP. Um, so that's an also interesting development there. I will admit it changes my thinking a little bit because I, a lot of times I kind of looked at getting started with digital as kind of do something bite-sized that's not about, you know, rechanging your whole architecture. But, but when you start digging into stories like this, you realize that if they had just done this as a discrete project, it wouldn't have been nearly as effective. The fact that they were thinking about it from right. a platform perspective um, made it a lot more interesting because now this is just one in a whole series of projects right. as they accumulate more data right. and essentially change their business. And so I thought it was pretty interesting. What was also interesting was that, I mean, I was talking to him after our session was over and they want to have a niche platform. They don't want it to sort of be B2B. They want to be metal working for um, specific types of scenarios, which is very interesting because I think that's how you're successful. You don't want to go have this huge platform and compete against GE with Predix. You want to just have a very specific use case because that's where you can have your expertise and your domain knowledge and be successful. Well, right. And that was one of the interesting things about the whole ESA project, right? Because right. so they made this, 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 when they first said in the program like spatial data, I was like interesting, but kind of, uh, kind of niche, right? This is for space buffs and stuff right. like that. But it's all this topography topography and geospatial stuff right. of the Earth itself. So that ends up having a ton of use cases. And I think the real interesting thing about IoT, which I sometimes get frustrated with because of all the hype, but combining disparate data sources in new ways, especially when you're pulling in information that might be, in right. this case, freely available. So the insurance tie-in, right? Right. So so that was what was interesting is they had the ESA on stage at the same time they had right. the insurance. Is RE is a, the insurance company? Right. Like, it's a, it's and, a German insurance company. Yeah, yeah. And so they were doing these wildfire overlays right. that incorporated that data, but then had very specific use cases around insurance, right? Because obviously... Right. Any disasters like that, wildfires have enormous insurance implications. Right. Um, so I thought it was interesting because it was sort of a combination of like, you could see maybe a little bit of the social benefits of it, but it was also a specific insurance scenario. Right. And and that's where these things, I think, start to get more interesting. Right. Well, so. I mean, what's also interesting is the the collaboration between SAP and these data providers. And I think that data is is another thing which really became became much more prevalent in our conversations is that... SAP worked with this data provider to provide sort of like the the business relevance, right? Because data in on on its on its own really isn't that 
or it might not be that intriguing. It's but when you have the the business context, that's what becomes interesting for either SAP companies, um, customers, um, things like that. And and the interesting thing about it is not only were we not talking about ERP, though it had its place in the sense right. that it, it needed that backend integration. Really, weren't talking about Hana either, right? I mean, Hana's there, right? But it's not really about like, oh, it's, this is such a nifty, super fast. It's like, yeah, that's part of it, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how to use these tools for some type of end-to-end. Uh, right. Is a cliche the end-to-end. Res- so that I think is a much more interesting conversation. Well, I mean, yeah. I think I mean what what's interesting is that you combined data. You have the one geospatial data from the ESA, and then you have the sort of the the business data from the backend ERP system, and you got to bring those together, and that combination where they complement each other, that's where the value comes from. Yeah, and I think that's where um, sort of the 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 future of this sort of um, data data based collaborations will sort of push to because SAP has all this data. I mean, if you look at all their customers, all their, their ERP data, um, that's something that they should exploit. And it's right. the question is, how do you bring these things together? And if you look at the ESA example, um, we're talking to the one um, developer, and he was talking talking about the algorithms which are in there um, to deal with image processing, and it was just amazing. I mean, I am definitely not a data scientist, but it's just to sit back and say, okay, you have this algorithm, what is the business relevance of this algorithm on data from this data provider? Yeah, so now I want to get into something that I I wasn't too impressed with. What's going on with DevOps at Tech? Well, I mean, it's I mean, you saw it at the Sapphire, you started seeing um the word microservices. Right. Okay, and you started seeing them on the 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 the, the keynote and in various slides. And I mean, I think this is and I asked this question to, to Bernd Leukart because, I mean, if you're talking about microservices, they aren't just sort of the, the API, sort of the philosophy of breaking things down to very small components. They're also sort of an organizational change where developers start um, being more responsible for their code, okay? Right. And if something breaks on the, the prod environment, then the developer is responsible for that. Or, for example, the release cycles. You don't have to wait a whole year to do it. So right. it's, it's like agile. Um, and I think Hybris, for example, already has good experience with this. And it's the question of how do they bring the experience of Hybris in terms of these microservices to SAP? Yeah, and just to give an example, there's there's some real hardcore DevOps enthusiasts in the tech ed audience. Um, you know, and it's interesting from an audience perspective because SAP has been thinking so much about developer engagement. And they have made some progress, which I covered in my other podcast with Graham. Um, but from a DevOps perspective, is very interesting because, in my mind, it's about transforming IT because right. because it's about on the one hand automating all the crap you can't right um, of course and, and and then using some of those same skills and applying them towards differentiating sort of things and so from a developer standpoint, it's about how to start using software to automate and manage but right. from an admin standpoint, it's also thinking 
that way, right? So, right. so the admin engineers and and such that were classically relegated to basis, which is sort of like in some right. ways a feeling of mundane system support, now have this opportunity to start thinking about transforming that into creating an automated right. an automated self managing infrastructure, if you will, right. so they can start thinking about bigger picture stuff as well. And that's where I think there's a gap in tech right now because, um, and and I do think SAP is starting to think about this more, but like. One of the DevOps enthusiasts that I think of, there's people like Chris Kernigan and Tom Sennens, are both SAP mentors. And I talked to another, said, I did a search of the catalog and found one, yeah. one DevOps. Right. Uh, so I think there's some work to do there in terms of just not just the developer piece, but changing the whole tech ed vibe entirely. Right. Right. I mean, but in a classic agile, you might have a developer pushing something through the various uh, layers, dev um, integration to prod in an automated fashion right. with regression tests running. And so a customer doesn't have to wait for the next release in the next quarter, but it comes out automatically. Right. Okay. And I think that is a, is a, is a big change and you have to be able to have the quality assurance there to support that. Um, and you have to also have your developers aware that the things that they do, they will go all the way through to production. Yeah. I mean, for the, but for the, for the customer, it means that they have this iterative changes, which are relatively small, rather than the big bang. And I would just say, if there's tech folks listening to this, even though the definition of DevOps is sometimes debated and stuff, get out in front on this one, even if SAP is not pushing ahead aggressively and, and tech it on this, get out in front of it because it, it's, it's, it's happening. Um, right. You know, gr- granted, we can't necessarily idealize it. I mean, we had a discussion with a couple of SAP developer leadership on this, just kind of where's the DevOps. And they were saying that a lot of the customer demand for that isn't there yet. Right. Um, and um, that there's actually even some resistance from customers, which is sort of understandable because right. when you first start bringing this stuff up, it can feel threatening in terms of people's classic way of doing things and their job right. roles and uh, admin saying, I'm not giving that up or, you know, I'm not letting a developer manage the service or whatever. Yeah, so. but I mean, I think that's very important to distinguish between SAP internally and what the customer base is yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think SAP has already started moving, I don't know how rapidly, but moving towards an agile methodology where the developers have to deal with right. their code. Um, but the question is, in their, their customer base, how far are the customers? And that's why... I mean, as you said, it would be very important that the DevOps um, content is here to help customers on that journey. Because, I mean, if you're right. talking about digital transformation, that's where we're talking about the, with the hybrid team. It's connected. I mean, the, yeah. the, the DevOps model is connected with the, the, the digital transformation because you have increased efficiency, um, but you also have more, more, more speed, and people have to be able to adjust to this um, different sort of rate of change. Well, and, and this is another interesting piece of becoming a so-called cloud company. Be, and this is a theme that I was bringing up a lot, which is in the cloud company world, you don't, this this may sound awful, but you don't really always listen to your customer in the same way that SAP right. is used to doing it. SAP classically, and a lot of stuff they tell, you know, oh, you know, we got to have all this stuff in the private cloud also, because big customer A wants this right. in their private cloud. Right. And it kind of push back and like, you know, real cloud companies, they, they don't allow the customer to do that because right. they say to, for our value proposition, what we do for you, we, we have to have certain parameters around what we right. can't do. And, right. and I think SAP to an extent needs to think about that in terms of DevOps also and say, look, even if a lot of our customer base isn't ready yet, it's our job 
to assert some leadership on this because this is right. part, to your point, this is part of what cloud really means, right? It's right. not just a, a hosting option. It's a change right. in, in how you sort of do things from from a more iterative development process, everything right. else. So it's like, I think SAP does need to make that change. Like you said, they've already doing it internally. They will need to make that change at TechEd. And, and I think there's a happy medium between turning, right. it, into, turning it into a futuristic DevOps show right. versus like giving customers who want to get out in front a chance to do that. Yeah, but, so. I mean, but we're talking to the S4 team. And I think, I mean, they are much, they are aware of the distinction of, Customization versus con versus configuration. Yeah, which I think is is a really good sign, and I think they've understood, and I think they've always understood this that customization um, has its has its drawbacks. And in right. the public cloud version of S four, I think um, we're start starting to see that standardization is much more important, um, and the ability of the customer to configure is there, but it's restricted. Right. Um, which is great for them because that means the in, when new um, functionality comes out, they can be much more faster than in, in a highly customized environment, which is the advantage of cloud, of course. Yeah, and that was sort of the interesting piece is, is that different from Sapphire is we didn't get into a lot of stuff around S4 HANA as like a an applications offering. Right. or um, But we had a really nice meeting with a couple <coughs> of the S4 HANA public right. cloud folks. Um, one of the things I dug up at the show, which is sort of like uh, you say in journalism, you buried the lead, like when you don't tell something important. It came out in the QA, but SAP is actually reorganized around business units. Right. And so whether it's HANA Cloud Platform, which is um, run by Bjorn Gurkha, right. or um, Hybris CRM, or right. S4, everyone's got a business unit with someone right. in charge, and that, that changes how SAP goes to market because it means that product and sales are tied to that. Right, and that's better. very, very helpful, I think, for the cloud products looking right. forward because instead of asking a field sales team that's used to selling right. you know on premise whatever you know right. one more big project before that model blows up you know right. now you have like cloud based salespeople tied to that product and so um, the public cloud uh, is now run by Darren Roos uh, I wrote an article about that on Diginomic if you want to check it out um, but but while we were here we met with uh, Sven and Rudy right um, Sven's the cloud version. Rudy's the on-premise version of S4. Right. Um, did you take anything away from that? Well, I mean, I mean, as I said, the one thing is that customization versus configuration, and also which was important to hear was the understanding of the importance of APIs. Right. Um, and I think they're really looking at that to publish these these APIs out. And I mean, a APIs they've been around. You look at thing about e Ezoa. Um, Isoa, you dropped Isoa yeah. on a podcast. So, oh my god! So they've they've done APIs in the past, but I think right now they are they're very important in terms of how you how you define APIs, right? And I think that awareness is, is something not all APIs are created equal, right? Right, right. And there's a certain um, business understanding that has to go into APIs. You don't put everything into an API. It has to be relevant. Um, it has to make it easy to to consume. And I think that's what developers in today's development community expect. That the APIs exist. Well, I did find it refreshing during that conversation. So I, I can't give you the direct quote, but Sven basically said, look, we have not been good at all APIs historically. And and I find that type of talk important because that that sort of right. sets the stage for, look, we weren't very good at this. Now we're going to change. Right. Um, and and that, that kind of relates to the interesting part around S4 HANA because while SAP does offer S4 HANA on-premise, on or 
on-premises, if that's more appropriate. Um, the code line's the same, but right. the cloud characteristics that they add to it in S4, right. that's interesting to talk with SAP and get a sense that they're starting to better understand right. what cloud characteristics mean, what that means for automation and testing and everything right. else that you would expect from a cloud product, you know? Right, and I mean, so. I think what, what's also important is that if you start to see S4 as the digital core, as we, what they call it, um, and it has a role in innovative projects like the, the one that we saw with um, the geospatial data, then the APIs have to be there. Right. So that's, I mean, they are really an enabler to have these sort of interesting, innovative scenarios. But wouldn't that be also a change in in the HANA Cloud Platform in a, in, a, in a certain sense? Because so so the HANA Cloud Platform is sort of a centerpiece of a lot of the architecture slides that SAP right. through. Sort of, so it's like that that hard hardworking team has come a long way. That small right. SWAT team is now a big team. Right. Um, but it's a little different because I always thought of it originally as like use this to extend and build applications. But now it sort of feels like it's sort of the hub of of connectivity with with SAP, right? So it right. there's well, the, API the API hub and right. and there's HCI for integration. There's all right. these mobile services. Right. So it's kind of evolving a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, if you would look at the traditional use cases which um, HCP supports, the one is just the sort of <laughs> um, innovative. Applications. The other is you want to bring your on-premise data and present it externally, things like that. So I mean, it's always sort of been there, but I think it's it's just getting more powerful and it's becoming as they sort of add more functionality to HTTP, it gets more relevant for these discussions. Um, the one thing I warn SAP about is like I think they have to be careful with this digital core thing because I understand why they're positioning it that way, but I think with a lot of customers, that's not how they buy cloud products. Like. They're like, oh, let's move H HR to the cloud. And so SAP's thinking, well, we've got a great financials product for the cloud, so it'd be great if we could, you know. But the customer's not saying, well, I want a digital core from SAP. They're saying, oh, I'll look, right. at, your, I'll look right. at your financials offering right. now. Um, and I think SAP's starting to get that, but I think they have to be a little careful. like Because I understand for their classic audience yeah, tr you've trusted SAP, so keep trusting us, but now trust us with your digital core. But to a new customer right. that doesn't want a suite of stuff, they're going to be looking at, oh, I want right. financials or I want um, omni-channel customer stuff. Right. Don't don't come at them with a, oh, we're your digital core. Right. Just show them you can do that one thing as well right. as any other cloud. In my opinion, that's something SAP's going to have to sort out, but... So anyway, you brought up one other thing about about microservices with a few people at SAP, which was sort of this thing that's come up on Twitter too. I think um, was it Mike Bastiva who sent me this? I butchered his last name. Sorry, Mike. Um, he sent me um, something where because I said something about at the hybrid show about how all applications would eventually decompose into microservices, right? And he was like, "That sounds like an IT manager's." worst nightmare right you know i mean this is something that's i mean non non-trivial as you start to employ more and more microservices the complexity of the applications increases right because i mean you have 60 microservices okay how do you monitor that how do you deal with air handling things like that and if you're let's say you have an application with uh, microservices from three applications how do you track that down to which application caused an issue? Right. Um, and I think that's where SAP really has to help developers 
achieve this goal because I mean the one thing we have to remember is that on HTTP, for example, there's going to be customers developing apps, SAP developing apps, partners developing developing apps, and not only developing them but also operating them. And I think that's what I would have learned、um, in the last year is that just having cool APIs that's not enough. You have to be able to deal with Operations. How do you make sure that it's efficient? And I mean, so cloud is also having efficient operations, and it's not only SAP operations; it's also from the people who have the apps on the platform. So、and、I think that's the challenge. So sprinkling microservice pixie dust on on your marketing could be a little misleading. There's more、right. to it. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's I mean, but it's not on the microservices. It's it's any application. Yeah. 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 Yeah.、Um, and that that's why a, a tech kid you always need both sides. And I mean, I don't know what the solution manager is the answer. Um, and they might see other tools in there as well. Wow, a solution manager mentioned on one of my podcasts. <laughs> yeah,、scary. well, yeah. I mean, but I mean, this is. I mean, a solution manager is also、um, an example of SAP aware of the importance of monitoring of the operations. Right. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a basis tool, and that has a function. It doesn't matter whether it's on premise or on the cloud. And I'm told their team is thinking about <coughs> DevOps use cases. Yeah, I have not interacted with them. Um, so maybe, maybe that product does continue to evolve. So maybe that's part of the answer. But but I I do understand why there's a healthy skepticism of that from a IT from an IT classic IT、right. governance person. Right. You know, there wasn't much talk about security here, which was I thought a little disappointing because if you check the headlines, that's a big deal.、Right. I was at an event with CFOs recently, and they all wanted to talk about security. And these were right. CFOs, right? You know, <laughs> CFOs that are interested in cloud. And、right. so anyway, I think there's SAP actually does a good job with security. They just haven't really done a good job of integrating into their their messaging, in my opinion. But, but yeah, the, but the, I mean, this is a show with a one with one keynote,、yeah. and it wasn't long either. Yeah, which is which is good. It's like just more than an hour, right? So, any other things you're thinking about? We we can't go through every meeting on our schedule. Was there any other things that jumped out at you? Um, we had a few meetings with the、uh, digital portfolio team. And that was interesting, seeing what they're doing in the background, because I mean that's really、um, sort of Jonathan a, Becker's group, yeah, yeah sort yeah. of a, a skunkworks sort、it、of a team,、um, and they're doing a lot in the background,、um, and they have some really interesting ideas in terms of how do you provide SAP software to a much broader user base. Well, and they're figuring some stuff out about selling directly to users without、right. any human salesperson, right? Right. So they said, I think they've sold like twenty thousand transactions this year. Right.、Um, but the other interesting thing is they're providing digital services to right inside to to your、right. point around services. Right. And so that's what's in- interesting is that really the the functionality is there to embed this to to buy a certain item to buy a certain number of licenses, but it's embedded. It's in app functionality. So that's. Uh, sort of very interesting because then you can start、um, thinking of new models where you present your software maybe in a in a in a free basis and then after a certain amount of time if they want to expand it they can do that but within the app they don't have to go to another external store. And there is some talk,、uh, I think, in that group and other groups starting to think about the role of、um, AI and chatbots and automating、right. services. This wasn't a really big conference for AI and machine learning stuff. If I were to make a pilot. There was Copilot, right? But if I were to make a prediction, I think next year's TechEd season,、right. I think that's they're going to double down heavily on that, right?、Um, but it did come up a bit, and、um, the other thing about the digital services group is perhaps 
their team, I think, is involved in some discussions trying to simplify SAP's apps marketplace thing because they got to get that sort of by next year's events. It's it's getting ridiculous. There's like, I don't even know how many apps marketplaces there are. I've lost track again. Right. Because they added, they they pared it down, but then some of the SaaS players added theirs. Right. It's a mess. Um, And it doesn't fit well with uh, a forward-thinking digital strategy. You want to be able to send everyone to the same storefront or at least one or two. Right. Um, But yeah, that was interesting, I think. So what threads are you going to be watching heading into the spring? I know you do have your day job, but what what themes are you going to be keeping an eye on? Um, I'll be watching Yaz. I'll be watching the the, the business services because I think that's I think that's going to be interesting seeing how that that develops. Um, and I think what's going to be interesting is maybe just seeing if other additional business services come from other business units. Because right now, I mean, that was also something which might not have made the, the keynote is that um, the the hybrid service business services are now available in Germany as well, which was, an, I guess, a, a challenge. Data uh, data governance and privacy stuff had to be overcome there, I right. think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting as well. So maybe they will start expanding that more and bringing in partner services and things things like that. And I would hope that SAP services more um, these trans- customer transformation stories where it shows them really using HCP to present their or to to provide their their customers and competitors as well a service on top of HCP because I think that's what companies have to see that, as I said in the, the beginning, that digital transformation isn't just market speak, but it also has a, a relevance for these companies. Yeah, and hopefully they'll they'll make those available to us so we can write about them in the right. spring and stuff. So yeah, so I, I guess just more diverse use cases. A lot of challenges lie ahead, and we'll see. Uh, I'll I'll definitely get this audio out right away. And sorry, folks, that we couldn't break down every single meeting. We could have talked about UX, I suppose, but uh, right. but there's so much to cover. But hopefully, this gives you some window into Barcelona yep. and. Little wind and birds in the background. Hopefully that was relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Relaxing to the listener. Meditative quality. Well, have fun on the home front, man. I know you've got a lot going on. Yeah, okay. Good luck. Take care. Talk to you later.